Hello listener, Matt here. Support Ben, read his ramblings, or find further notes on this show at securitized.com, spelled S-E-C-U-R-I-T-Y-Z-E-D.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec, where we discuss all things information, all things security, and all things information security. I'm Ben Maliso. And I'm Matt Snotty. I'm Raphael Fiedler. I'm Joey Police. And gentlemen, we have a very special guest today. And I know I say that all the time because every guest is very special, right? It's like a very special episode of Blossom, but we do have a very special <laughs> guest today and before we get to our very special guest i just want to catch up on some of the current events because it's wild at least a half dozen things that we've talked about on the show previously have had some major updates recently uh shall we begin with mr bankman freed does anyone oh, yeah. uh, want to catch FTX. us up on that yeah what happened with that as uh sbf of sts uh, ftx there it is uh is now arrested in the bahamas yeah, well, I think they picked him up in the Bahamas and they extra didn't they extradite him? Have they extradited him? Bring him home. I heard that. I thought they had. I thought they had. Yes. Um, uh, what I had heard was the Southern District, uh, the Federal Southern District of New York, which is the one that does a lot of heavy financial stuff because uh, they're kind of in charge of Wall Street, uh, was the one who um, uh, actually uh, filed the charges and got him arrested by the Bahamanians. Um, but I also hear the SEC is crawling all over it, and there's a whole bunch of other charges being levied right now. Coincidentally, um, he was arrested the night before the day he was supposed to testify for Congress. So um, uh, if he ends up epstein nobody will be surprised. <laughs> um, second thing, uh, we've talked previously on this show about future tech, future, future, future. And uh, one of the things that uh, I mentioned, uh, or and I think the way Matt put it was, um, every year it's always 10 years away, uh, is uh, fusion, cold fusion power. Has anyone heard this? Rafti, you're nodding heavily. What, what happened with the fusions? Yeah, so they apparently for the first time created more energy than they put in which is sexy as hell i really it's, like that idea that's a big i, I thing, do right? but yeah. have you read like what sort of energy it was i i i looked into it a bit it had to do with the triggering element the the precursor to actually get an ongoing fusion process started and they used a whole bunch of lasers and it took like if I remember 400 kilojoules and only 200 kilojoules were actually applied to the trigger, is that, does that sound about right? It, it, the, the whole thing is it, it, it is very exciting. I don't want to uh, yeah, yeah. take anything away from that, but it's way less exciting if you start reading into it. That's yeah. the only it, thing I wanted to take away here. We're still years away. From oh, this is actual... baby steps. This yeah. is baby steps. But it's yeah. a, it, it is a, it is a big and important step. Maybe not a baby, but it is an important step at, at least. But of course, um, it is a step, and we're still so many steps away from actually like, um, yeah, harvesting energy. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, and and I I like the promise of it, but I'm not going to get too optimistic. I've been fooled before. Yeah. <laughs> And then finally, just I, I got to throw, uh, I guess it's not a nod when it's going to be an odor, 
but um for our musk scent tracking um it'd be a nose tip in the right direction of uh our buddy elon who's finding it difficult to actually implement free speech online. Uh, it's a bit more complicated than it appeared to be. There's been a massive release called the Twitter files, which is nowhere near as amusing as the Rockford files, but still intriguing nonetheless. And um, we're learning a lot about what happened prior to his taking over. And we're watching him try to deal with those issues in real time right now. We'll catch up with that on a later show, but I, I just wanted to mention it. Joey says it would probably be better if we did the X Files instead. Yeah, but maybe, okay. You know. Okay. All right. All right. Um, you know, I, I I've always respected Dave Duchovny, but Jillian Anderson can do no wrong in my book. I, I'm I'm right there with you. All right. So let's get to our special guest, our very special guest star. Um, let's see. How should we introduce him? I was going to have Matt introduce him, but I'm thinking that's going to be a conflict of interest. Matt, I'm going to give it to you anyway, conflict of interest and all, because we don't care about morals and ethics on this show. Go for it. <laughs> well, our guest today is a, a very special college student. And the reason that uh, I, I brought him up and Ben, you and I had spoke on the phone a week or two ago, and, and you were all excited because I, I had never explained to you um, how this person um actually makes money and, and, and gets along in life. Uh, this person is an eSports competitor and is successful at it. And okay, break that out for a second for the for my father who's listening. What is eSports? It's, 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 it's basically a professional gamer. Uh, whenever a professional you play... gamer. Yeah, video games. Right. Yep. And again, for my dad who's listening, you see... You can make a living sitting in your basement playing video games. You <laughs> lied to me. You lied to me 40 years ago. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Matt. We, we, we always knew growing up there had to be some way to monetize, you know, playing Mario and Donkey Kong. But it took this generation to finally figure out and, and, and put it all together the right way. So uh, uh, this guy goes by the, the gamer tag of Pneumatic. Um, and he plays Super Smash Brothers, which is a Nintendo game that is a fighting game, but it's super competitive. They have tournaments for it, and he actually has uh, competed on a world stage before. He's he's ranked uh, here in the Commonwealth of Kentucky as one of the top six or seven players in the in the Commonwealth. Um, and, but in Kentucky, uh, they only have 10 game consoles that they got to share among each uh, other. Uh, right? uh, yeah, you can't let it slide, can you? Yeah. <laughs> But he does, he's, he's gotten quite a following. And so anyways, when I mentioned it to you, I, you know, uh, I, I didn't think that it was that big of a deal, but, but you immediately latched onto it. So we have him here on the show with us today. So this is Pneumatic. Hello, that is me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Are we supposed to call you Pneumatic? Is that, is that the way I it's mean, supposed to be? People do it all the time. You know, at tournaments, people call me Charlie. People call me Pneumatic. It really is all personal preference. Okay, Charlie, Charlie then. Charlie, we are really honored to have you here. I don't think you understand the level of fanboy adoration that's coming at you right now. The <laughs> fact that you can make money doing the thing we all love to do because we're nerds, um, that, uh, we're jealous, we're impressed, and we're astounded. That is just, and thank you for being here. It's my pleasure, I guess. <laughs> Okay, Charlie, he's, he's, he's on winter break from college, so that's the only reason we could book him because his schedule is pretty, pretty, pretty well booked out for the rest of uh, the next three or four years. But we happen to get him here today. Outstanding, Charlie. What college do you go to? If you don't mind us doxing you right now, 
I go to the University of Louisville. And what do you study? Computer science. Outstanding. <laughs> Holy crap. I like how Matt, Matt throws his hands up in the air. Yes. <laughs> A nerd's nerd. That is wonderful. So the Matt, apple doesn't fall Give him the, the microphone back. All right. There. All right. Char Charlie, go ahead. Introduce yourself to our audience. Tell them, tell them who you are, what you do, how you did it, and all the good stuff. And we'll throw more questions at you. But who are you, Charlie? Tell us about yourself. All right. Well, I first started competing in my freshman year of high school. I watched a documentary. It was a seven-hour-long documentary detailing the history of competitive Super Smash Brothers. And... I was like, that is so amazing and sick. And I was like, I just want to do that. And so I started doing that basically. And then for the next okay. five okay. years, seven hour documentary. Yes. It's a crazy documentary. You can just Google it. Uh, Super Smash Brothers documentary will probably be the first thing that pops up. And there's seven episodes to it. One hour long. It's crazy. And, and okay, all right. So I got to back out, get a macro view here, and you're gonna you're gonna find this hilarious. I don't know what Smash Brothers is. Is it? Uh, it's a fighting game. Mm-hmm. So it's one player versus one player. A lot of other esports are actually like team based esports. So There'll be like five players versus five players, but Smash Brothers is a little more in depth and personal, I guess, when it's one v one. And so the documentary kind of highlighted some of that stuff. And is it is it kind of like Mortal Kombat? Is it you know like Street Fighter? Mm -hmm. What 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 kind of so like what, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter would be classified as like a traditional fighting game, but Super Smash Brothers is a platform fighter game. So it incorporates different elements. Instead of reducing your opponent's health bar, you try to knock them off the stage, kind of like sumo wrestling, I guess. So it has different mechanics to something that would be like Street Fighter. Okay. All right. Um, but when you say 1v1, it's just the two players on a mat hammering away at each other. Yeah. Okay. And who's the who's the maker? Is it Nintendo? Is it mm -hmm, Nintendo? Okay. And for the co the competitions, are they sponsored by Nintendo? Is this like a promotional thing for Nintendo? Now, this is something that's actually the source of a lot of controversy. Nintendo really has not accepted the competitive Smash Brothers scene. So all of it is pretty much grassroots. Okay, fuck Nintendo first of all. Before. Okay, all right. I, right away, fuck Nintendo for not getting behind <laughs> that, That's this the general awesome. sentiment among the community. Good, good. That's what I like to hear. Now, what? Why would they? why would they not embrace this wholeheartedly? Do you have any idea along those lines? Nintendo, I guess, has always just tried to seem like a more family-friendly company. Uh, appealing more to casual players they try to do that with their games and try to like limit things to make it more appealing to casual players limit the complexity of their games but that hasn't stopped players from trying to compete in them huh well that i'm sorry this seems so counterintuitive from a business perspective <laughs> if you have That's a frustration too right yes exactly. there's different ways to enjoy the same medium um, all right, so who are the sponsors? I mean, when, when we talk about competitive gaming, you're earning money. Who's paying you? Where, where does the money come from? So for a lot of tournaments, there's tournaments at a local level. So like every state will have like local tournaments every week. And those money- Every week? Come, what? Every week? Yes, but these are like small scale tournaments. These are small grassroots tournaments. They'll be at like your local card game store or something. Okay. And the money for those comes from people's entry fees. So people will pay to enter the tournament, and that's where that money comes from. But then so there's it's also... truly grassroots. 
Yes, it's very every even like the big tournaments all started from grassroots beginnings. And so these bigger tournaments, they can actually secure sponsors and that's how they can sometimes get money with like their stream because it'll stream the matches and then it, they'll have advertisers put advertisements on their streams and that can kind of help with the uh, costs. That's so awesome. I'm just so amazed. All right. And who are some of the sponsors? Can you name any offhand? Let's give them some credit. Uh, there was a really big deal that happened actually with Papa John's. So Papa John's is been <laughs> sponsoring tournaments. I'm getting pizza today. <laughs> That's fantastic. I have a, an immediate question that I'd, I'd just love to ask Charlie. Because this is, I mean, a, a sport and because you're sponsored and because this is growing, especially in a in a professional realm. How much practice do you have to put in daily, weekly? And do you do it? Is it is it individual? Do you practice with a team? And is it required? Yeah, so practice wise, it's honestly really hard to get into the scene because a lot of the players in the scene have been playing for so many years. I've put in thousands of hours. I actually had a notification pop up on my console that I had done 50,000 games, which since the game has come out like four wow. years ago, if you try and average that out, how many games per day that is, it's a lot of games. It's very time intensive because you're competing against other people. So if that person put in more time than you, they're probably going to do better. So it's just constant back and forth of just putting in more hours to get an edge over the competition. Okay. So the game's only been out for four years. You saw the documentary fairly early on then, right? The documentary, so Smash Brothers has a long legacy. There was the original game for the N64, and their next game, the game for the GameCube, is still played today, actually. There's multiple different games. And this okay, so this, this is, it's got, okay, this is not, when you said the game came out four years ago, it didn't just come out four years ago. The current iteration came out four yeah. years ago. Yeah. I got you. Okay, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a long <laughs> and complicated history with Smash Brothers that is it's a lot. And if Nintendo's still going to this well, then they should damn well support it. Let's let's start a campaign. We gotta we gotta <laughs> really get them behind it. There but, have been multiple campaigns, but they can kind of do what they want. We can't really do anything <laughs> to change it. All right, so then each each of the states has their, their local tourneys supported by um, user fees and entrance fees. Then you have regionals, and then you, I mean, is it like Glee? We got to go to sectionals, then regionals, then nationals, mm -hmm. then interstellar. Or, yeah, know, there's three. definitely like <laughs> tiers to it. So like there'll be regional tournaments, and then there's major tournaments, and there's super major tournaments. And so these super major tournaments will have people coming across the globe to them. A major tournament might just have like the whole country going to it and then like a regional tournament will just have the region go to it now when you say people coming from across the globe this is a, it's not online gaming you're doing this in person you're going head to no, head that's face -to -face. that's one of the big things about super smash brothers a lot of other esports they can conduct their stuff online smash brothers doesn't have the best online and so we've always just done it in person wow how'd covid do for you did that mess up it the was all shut down over covid yeah yeah mm -hmm. oh wow all right, the big question on everyone's mind, and me as everyone, how much money do you make in a tournament? How much money do you make per year? The IRS never listens to this show, so go ahead and lay it out for us. Uh-huh. So most of my tournaments are these local tournaments, and they might get like 30 to 20 people. Each player is putting in $5 into the entry fee, and so first place might make $50 for one of these tournaments. But, you, can, you know, you got... 
two of these weeklies a week. And so that'd be a hundred dollars a week if you're winning each one, which there's no guarantee that you're going to win every tournament. And then that kind of adds up. I've also, you know, done online tournaments. There are some online tournaments. They're not held to the same standard as in-person tournaments, but there are prize pools for those. And so I've personally been able to make probably 4,000 at this point in total from all the tournaments I've entered. That's American money. That's like real folding money. That's good money. Uh -huh. That's real. All right. Outstanding. Keep doing that. Um, so you, Matt said you have a ranking. I know this is an informal ladder and leaderboard and setup. How does each state officially choose its rankings and how does that feed into the national and international thing? How, how do you determine this? Who's the so adjudicator? State rankings are also pretty grassroots. We actually have a statistics professor at the U of L who's been doing the Kentucky rankings for a long time just because he loves Smash Brothers. But then the <laughs> international kind of rankings, they've been headed by big organizations where they've just kind of conglomerated all this data from tournament brackets and put it into stats. Wow. I, I'm just, I'm so taken aback right now. This is so cool. Um, all right, so what's your state ranking? Currently, I am number six in Kentucky and uh, number 700 in the world. 700 in the world. Out of how many players? Do we? Do you have any idea? I mean, Smash Ultimate has sold 30 million copies, so. Holy balls. I can kind of get you That's an estimate, I guess. <laughs> who, is the, who, is, good. who is the... Um the premier person like if you're going to take somebody down in the world like who is this person who do you uh -huh. want to who 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 you who would you love to go against the, who's the rocky balboa of smash yes. the goat of ultimate would have to be mk leo who was a child prodigy who came out of mexico and he just kind of took the scene by storm he just does not lose tournaments outstanding i'm looking him up right now <laughs> mk leo do you do any specific individual players get sponsorships from entities to wear their t-shirt while you're playing and and drink their energy drink and smoke their cigarettes and that kind of thing yeah that's actually kind of the main way players are able to support themselves because living off tournaments alone is not really viable and so a lot of players get sponsored by organizations and so you have esports organizations like panda team liquid cloud nine and they will sponsor these players to support their brand and they'll fly them out to events and stuff. And that's how they kind of support themselves. And you were sponsored. Yeah. And so the University of Louisville actually sponsored me to go to a tournament. I have a little jersey for that. They were helping me to pay to go to Virginia and compete at a super major tournament. You have an esports jacket? You're 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 a varsity esports player for the college? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> That is beyond when, cool. When Matt told me about this originally, the thing that that I, the immediate uh, visuals that came into my head were from the movie The Wizard with Fred Savage. Do you remember? I don't. Do you guys remember that movie? Uh, Matt, you I do, think right? I do. Yeah, yeah I, I remember. Yeah, it was Super Mario Three. Right. But, but but that's uh yeah it's uh, uh totally different style of of gaming. Yes. But yeah, I, I think yes. Ben's probably too old for, for to remember The Wizard. But yeah. 
<laughs> and Rafi's too young. <laughs> but the fact the fact that that you you have the opportunity, Charlie, to compete and to to really take. I mean, look, I'm a dad, and I always am getting on on my oldest. You know, like stop playing video games so much. Stop playing video games so much. It, it's really tough when you see you know what you're doing here as a as as a legitimate sport, and they're you're actually making money doing it. I mean, it's that's it's impressive. Did your parents ever hassle you about that? I mean, uh, sometimes my priorities have definitely not been in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> I I think oh, we're gonna we're, we have a counter argument. No, I think they have been in the right place. It's just no one acknowledged it up till now. Um, uh, I gotta ask though, does you're in college, you're studying a good field. Did your gaming ever impact your life negatively? Did you did your grades suffer? Did your social functions suffer? Did you did you have you know trouble um, keeping up with your cohort because you were locked away playing games? It can definitely be like a time management struggle, I guess, because I do care about competing a lot. It's my main hobby, and so sometimes you know I'll spend a little more time on that when I should be spending more time on uh, you know school. But socially, uh, Smash tournaments are actually a really good avenue to socialize. A lot of my good friends come from them. I've you know been around them for five years now. It's a really wholesome community, I guess, kind of highlighting the grassroots aspect of it. That was kind there of the it. next question I was going to ask. Uh, the, the documentary I remember was King of Kong. And I don't know if you've ever seen that, but yeah, it yeah. really displays how poisonous some of that was and how, how really there was a lot of undercutting and backstabbing. It was kind of vile. And, and it turns out it was all corrupt. Um, you're saying this is wholesome. This is good friends. It's camaraderie. Everybody's just there for the giggles and the fun. Nobody resents you for your success. Uh, I mean, it's definitely still a competitive environment. You definitely have people that care a lot more about the results in the game than they do about making friends at tournaments. That's fair. Okay, but on the flip side now, I got to ask, you're a superstar. How about them groupies? Is that a thing? Are there are there esports fangirls who are all clawing after your attention, Charlie? Uh, not Not at this point, no, but I know the top players, they definitely do. Okay. All right. That's something to aspire to then. <laughs> there aren't many girls to begin with that are interested. So good luck. Yeah. That. Yeah. I, no, I didn't no want girls, to no booze, no drugs, no, no, no vices really to speak of, which is part of why this is so wholesome. And I, I signed off on it. I wouldn't say all <laughs> that, but. <laughs> okay. So now Matt, Matt saying he signed off on it, Matt, how do you know this gamer pneumatic person? Oh, um, well, I birthed him. I... No, no, you did not. You participated <laughs> in the cause for him to be birthed. Yeah, Charlie's my son, and oh, uh, I've good. been driving him to tournaments since he was basically in middle school, uh, going to these weekly things at the card games like he was talking about when he was an up-and-comer. And, um, you know, basically, uh, uh, he co-opted our Nintendo Switch early on, um, so that no one else in the family could play it. And he moved it up to his bedroom and, and uh, <laughs> took over it. But I, I, I do take uh, credit for introducing him to some of the earlier iterations of Smash Brothers on like the GameCube and the Wii and the Wii U and stuff like that. And then he just kind of naturally followed on with it. So, uh, but yeah, Charlie's my son. And um, he has not asked me for any money since he's been in college because he's been making so much from, from doing this. So I'm, I'm actually, that's, that's totally fine with me.
Charlie, when he starts asking you for money, just tell him the screw. That's that's not a thing you have to do. I mean, you are not going to tell him me driving me all these tournaments. I still haven't paid no. him back for that. No, it doesn't. That doesn't matter. None of that's just his obligation. It was his fault you were born. It's not his his laudatory efforts. He he, he was he was just happy to be in the room at the time. So you just you don't have to do that. Don't share your winnings with him. Don't let him uh, Michael Jackson you. All right, just mm-hmm. just keep that out of the the program. Um, I've got a I've got a quick question, Matt. When you would take Charlie to these tournaments, is it like you would, you know, uh, if I go to watch my daughter run track or at a swim team, do you stay and watch, or is it kind of like drop you and I'll and I'll see you when you when you're done? Uh, what's the environment like? Charlie wanted nothing to do with me. He 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 did not want me there. <laughs> <laughs> so it was literally, yeah, drive him there, drop him off, and then I would drive home which uh, sometimes would work out. And, but it also meant a lot of times there were, you know, 11 PM drive back downtown to wherever he was, pick him up. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm groggy. You know, I got work the next day. I just want to go to bed and I've got to go pick him up and uh, bring him back home and stuff like that. Stop but- fucking whining. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't paid for him since he's been in college. Do you understand what that's worth? Be the Uber dad. Just take care of it. Go and get a Papa uh, John's pizza and shut the hell up. No, uh, that's, but, that's but yeah, awesome. all that say, no, I've never actually watched him play. I've, I've seen through the window, you know, I've walked past him, but uh, yeah, no, he's never wanted me around. And, and I think that that's mutual. I'm, I'm, I'm fine letting him do his own thing. Do you interact with any of the other parents? Oh gosh, no, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> now, now mind you, I mean, and Charlie can, can chime in on this, but a lot of the people that he plays against are college age or, you know, mid twenties. So a lot of them are already, you know, uh, have jobs. They're already either, you know, in college or, or graduated from college and stuff like that. Um, you know, th- this is definitely one of those things where it's like the the whole 10,000 hours to become a master. The younger kids who are doing this, who do have parents there, they're still pretty low on the rankings and, or, or they haven't put in the hours yet. And Charlie was the exact same way, but he's, he, he, he has now gotten to that level where, um, yeah, no, there's no parents there of any sort that I would talk to or deal with. So, Charlie, you had to claw your way to the top. And and that was going to be my next question about the age range. Are you afraid at some point you're going to age out of esports? Because there comes a point where your fast twitch reflexes and your eyesight <laughs> kind of go, um, and they, they don't stay the same. What What's the oldest player uh, competitive in your league? Oh man, one of the players, he's a really legacy player in our scene. He's in his 30s and he's still really competitive. He still has a lot of drive to compete. He still goes to every tournament, you know. And I think it can be viable for many years. I mean, the top melee player, the old game from 20 years ago, he's in his 30s now too. I think he's approaching 40 years old and that's a lot faster of a game that requires a lot more uh, skill in that regard. And he's still going strong there. So I really think it's viable for a long time. I think Excellent. it also probably t- ties into anything else that you're passionate about. You know, at any point, it, it, you may get burned out with it, Charlie. Maybe something where you're like, okay, oh, I did this for a season and, and I'm going to now do rock climbing or I'm going to do another game or, you know, but uh, I think that might be relative, you know? Mm-hmm. It teaches you how to learn. Yeah, and we have dealt with some of that burnout on occasion, especially over like COVID and stuff like that. Charlie's has has come downstairs, you know, from his bedroom and been like, "Yeah, I'm not really kind of feeling it." Or you know, he he'll he'll have these these regular tournaments on certain days of the week, and 
uh, there were some times where he was he was definitely getting that burnout. And he just didn't want to go to the tournaments or or uh, you know participate for a little while to just kind of uh, rejuvenate a little bit because it, it it is a grind. And I think that he'll he'll agree to that. Does doing that, the stepping back for a week or two, does that hurt your rankings irrevocably? Do you have to claw back up again, or is is it something that it's okay to step away for a bit? The rankings are released on a season basis, so you'll have four rankings that come throughout the year. And, you know, taking a hit on one ranking isn't really the end of the world if you, like, want to take a break for a while. And you can still end up ranked. Like, we've had players step back for a while, and they just come back, and it's pretty fine. Breaks honestly kind of help with the play a lot of the times. It gives you a new headspace going back into the game. I think they've been really beneficial for most players. Awesome. So awesome. Why Super Smash Brothers? I know there's a lot of games that that folks compete in. What was the appeal of this particular title that that drew you in? I mean, was it the documentary? What what was it? I think part of it was definitely the documentary. I've also just always been a Nintendo kid. Like we've always had the Nintendo consoles. And so that's always been like the first thing that I would play. Like I remember playing the Wii game with my sister and we'd have friends over and we'd just be playing the Wii game. And then when you know new games would come out, we would always buy those. And while I wasn't interested in them competitively at that time, I always had a drawing to them, I guess. You still dig it? I mean, even 10,000 hours later and-, and I uh... still, all I think about when like I'm not doing schoolwork is just how I can improve in Smash, how to use different things. There's just so much creativity involved. It really just pulls your brain in so many different ways. All right, so I obviously haven't played this game and, and my exposure to fighting games is very, very low. You're saying that there's actually complexity here? I mean, I know there's a lot button mashing, but there's skill involved is what you there's, there's tactics, there's different approaches. I mean, this is kind of different from chess, but you're saying that, that different players have different ways of going about it. Yes. I could tell it like who a player is just by looking at like their character. And I could be like, that's that person playing that character just because of the way they move, the way that they press certain buttons. It's so really they an have, expressive game. They used to talk about telegraph operators. They'd have a certain fist, the pace uh, that they do the tap, tap, tapping. You're saying that's that exists on the screen, even if you didn't hear their voice. It just by the way they're move, the characters move. You can tell who that is. Definitely. Holy shit! That is so wild. Um, Almost like like learning somebody's style, you know. Um, uh, any, whether it's a fighter or, or a runner or something, you know, I, I can see how that is. I can see how that is. And I've watched, I've watched some of this online, Ben, if you, if, you know, you need to YouTube and, and, and just Google super smash brothers gameplay in these championships. Um, there's no way I could, it's, it's so fast. It's, it's extremely fast and intense. It's almost like, um, uh, what the Fortnite. I mean, it's it's it just happens so quickly and uh unless you're adapt to it it's yeah it's challenging yeah i would say it's it's kind of like ballet because it, it you know ben you mentioned the butt, button mashing i think charlie would be the first one to say that is not a way to win at this game or get any good at all there there is actually finesse there is actually uh, uh cer certain you know uh, sequences that they follow or that they they, they kind of go to uh, go through to, to to win these things. So, yeah, I, I would I would say it's it's very much uh, uh, coordinated and, and like ballet. Wow, wow! So it's like combo moves and that sort of thing. Um, 
Now, I, I, you know, I joked earlier about the IRS. Forget that for a second. The one that kind of wigs me out here is, I know a few years ago, and this was going back and forth. The the feds actually stepped into certain local gaming groups because they say it's gambling. That if you put money in and you can win money, and there's some aspect of luck involved, then it becomes gambling. Has that ever encroached on the esports world that you've seen at all? Um, have you ever heard of any regulators trying to mess with it? Yeah, this is actually a big thing in Japan. They don't allow prize money for Smash Brothers tournaments or any esports events. So, if a player wins a tournament, they might win a sack of rice <laughs> or a controller. There's no money there. Those players just play for the love of the game, and they come over to the United States and just kick our butts. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. So even if the incentives aren't there, the love of the sport makes them good, right? Mm -hmm. That's that. Okay. I'm just, I'm so blown away. I'm, I, I'm kind of at a loss here, Charlie. This is so cool. Rafti, you have really not asked any questions. This all seems like old hat to you. <laughs> No, 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 it does not. you're closer to this generation, is that what it is? <laughs> I, I, I never understood Smash Brothers, but I don't understand fighting games in general. It's not my sort of, like, game I like to play. But um, I, I have a couple of interesting questions. Like, how long is a typical, like, tournament then? You said it's not about, it's, like, about tactics. It's about, like, positioning, probably, like, where you want to get hit the other player to be on a certain like field um so how long um is is a game and do you know maybe in advance which maps you're playing or stuff like what what mm -hmm. arenas you're playing so a tournament you go into the tournament it's a double elimination bracket and it, you'll get paired up like they have seeding it so a player will seed the bracket the best player will be the first seed the worst player will be the bottom seed M matches up the pairs and then it, your matches will be called to a setup and you'll both, you know, agree on a first stage to play on and then pick your characters. Then whoever wins, they ban some stages and the loser can pick from certain stages there. Okay. How, long, how long is an actual match and then how long is the tournament overall? And I understand that probably adds to the size of how many people show up, but, but mm -hmm. in general. So a match can go on for like two to seven minutes. It really just depends on what characters are playing. There are some characters where their whole goal is just to make the match go out to the whole time limit. And some characters will just rush you down and end up the game going uh, pretty short. But a tournament can last, most of them will go on to like 11 p.m. They start at like 6 to 7 p.m. and they'll go to 11 to 12 p.m. So it can last a while for like the local tournaments. And then these major tournaments are like two to three day events where they'll have certain matches being played on one day and the next day the top players from that day will move on and play in that day as well. And so, in that kind of tournament, the university is paying for your hotel room and your food? Mm-hmm. Very cool. <laughs> so like how, how much time do you need in preparation for such a match and how much time do you need for recovery afterwards before you can go in for the next one? That's also depending. A lot of times, like before I go into a match, I'll review some stuff in my head, you know, notes that I have about the character they play, or maybe just about the player specific and their habits and stuff. And then after a set, sometimes you'll just get called to go into another match right away. But sometimes you'll be like, no, I need a breather because sometimes you have a really close set and you're like, oh my gosh, the blood just gets pumping and you need to take a little break before your next match. But Are there any matches? 
Are there any game induced injuries? I mean, do your hands cramp? Do you ever, I mean, I'm, I'm serious mm-hmm. here. I mean, this, this is actually intense for a short mm-hmm. burst of time, right? Yeah. So ergonomics is something that's become more popular as a topic in the Smash Brothers community. There's been new controllers developed where instead of gripping the controller with your hands, it's a box where you just kind of like a keyboard and you press buttons on it like that. And that's supposed to be more ergonomic because a lot of players have had hand problems and tendonitis and things like that because it just wears on your hands if you're playing a really fast character for a long duration of time. Are you allowed to bring your own controller to the tournament? And do you have a favorite? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a standard. Okay. Which so... standard? Like you're you're on the Switch. They're like the Toy Cons are like the Pro Controller. So there's a lot of different things you can do. One of the popular controllers is actually the GameCube controller from the GameCube, and yeah. players will use that to play in this game. And there's also like different adapters you can plug into the Nintendo Switch to use different controllers. But the most popular controllers would be the Pro Controller and the GameCube controller. I see. And how many of those did you already burn through? Like, uh, how many I'm have you already burned? I'm on my broken? fourth Pro Controller right now. <laughs> oh, that's not too bad. 10,000 hours? Yeah. I mean... But those are like $60, $70 controllers also. <laughs> hey, shut up. He's making four grand. Leave him alone. So where, Charlie, I know you're, you're a sophomore, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So other than finishing your college degree right and 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 focusing primarily on that so let's let's first get that out there where do you see yourself with smash brothers let's say in 12 to 24 months it's an interesting thing because you never really know if you're going to be able to break into that next level i obviously have aspirations to do so but you know not every player can be a top 100 player there's only 100 players that can be there and everyone's fighting to get into those spots so I'm just going to, you know, keep on trying harder. You know, maybe I'll try and get number one in Kentucky. Who knows? That sounds like a fun goal. So, <clears throat> Charlie, when the um, underhanded gaming uh, clan comes to you and says, here, take these performance enhancing drugs, do you just say no, Charlie? I mean, it would depend. If it could ensure that I win a tournament, I don't know if I could stay away. <laughs> and my failings as a father have now come to light. <laughs> uh, but for the most part, I mean, all kidding aside, these are pretty clean environments. There's, there's, I mean, it's not a criminal element. There's no high stakes. It doesn't draw the mob to it to... To, uh, no one's asked you to take a fall in a game and say, I'll pay you to, to not win? Not really, no. There's been like some scandals, I guess, but not really anything major. A lot of the scandals actually happen because of errors running the tournament. And so maybe a rule set will be wrong and that will cause the players to have a match that isn't as legitimate as it should have been. And when you go to a different tournament and you say, are, are there different rule sets? If you go visit another state, might they do things slightly differently? Mm-hmm. The stages in particular, because stages can impact a lot of how the game goes. You pick your characters and you pick your stages. And there's still been no universal list of legal stages. And so you might go to a different region and they have different stages that they allow you to play on. And so that can be a source of frustration for some players. And that means you also have to go and train on all of those states. You can't just get good at one. You have to mm-hmm. be good at all of them. Yep. Huh. 
<laughs> yeah, you have to know how to play against 90 different characters and play on 10 different stages. So, Charlie, I, I, you may, I, I may have missed it, but do you, are you good with one character? Like, are you, is there one character that you go with every single time as your, as your go-to clutch? Or are you good with a variety? So if somebody says, well, I'm going to come at you with, you know, Baraka, I'm going to hit you with Sonya, or you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So there are side brackets at tournaments, and these can be like a more laid back kind of thing. There'll be like doubles where it's 2v2. There's also one bracket where you switch characters every time you lose a stock. And so I'm kind of known as the champion in Kentucky of that format because I play so many different characters. And so I'd be in the number one player, the number two player in Kentucky in this format where you're just playing a bunch of different characters. <laughs> But yeah, uh, Joey, to your to your question, the his gamer tag pneumatic is because of his primary pr uh, uh, character that he plays as, or or that he used to play as, which okay. was the the legendary Jigglypuff, which is known for blowing things with air, and that's why he's called pneumatic. <laughs> Got it. Very good. Well, I, I I'm. <laughs> I'm so blown away, not to make a pneumatic pun, but um, that's just, this is all extraordinary. And, and Charlie, I can wish you nothing but the best. And I'm actually reconsidering my choice to stay child free. I didn't realize you could actually end up with a cool kid who does some pretty awesome stuff. That's, that's it almost makes parenthood appealing. <laughs> Thank you. Um. What else do you want to share? Anything else with the audience? Do you want to do you want to tell our three listeners uh, uh, something cool or something that you just need to get off your chest about it? I don't know. I just encourage people to you know look at esports. It's still you know a kind of small thing, but it's been growing a lot recently. Like one of the decisions I had to make when going to college was UK is kind of supporting esports a lot more than U of L is. They have a whole esports building and lounge. I was like, well, maybe I want to go to UK because of that, but. As you esports becomes a more prominent thing, it, I think it'll be a fun spectacle for a lot of people to watch. And and I'll add, when Charlie was a junior and a senior in high school, he was getting recruited with esports scholarships from from certain colleges that have dedicated esports programs. So there's definitely rewards out there for for kids that that really get into this kind of stuff. Uh, he, you know, Charlie, you know, knew that he wanted to go computer science and wanted to go someplace with a good program, and that trumped whatever you know esports, uh, you know, scholarships that might have come along. But still, it was interesting to get those kind of offers coming in the mail. That's amazing. That is so amazing. Are you on a partial scholarship other than the university sponsoring you going to tournaments or anything? Are they giving you something good? Uh, they don't do any scholarships yet because. For the U of L, they have esports teams, but they cover different games in my game, and so my sponsorship is just kind of like a side little thing for the esports, where it's not an official thing, but they're able to still support me. You're like a club sport versus the the. Uh huh. The, okay. Okay. He's still with the jersey, though. <laughs> I, I'm still I'm still impressed that they're behind you. That's awesome. I I really dig. I I would love the university to do more of that than some of the crap universities are doing today. Um, very, very good. Um, okay. I, uh, anybody else got anything? I've, I've exhausted myself with this and I, I'm looking back on a life poorly lived and, and I should have played more games. <laughs> 
Uh, and and Charlie, you know, like we said, he is a computer science major, which uh, uh, means that, and, and he's also in this uh, speed school of, of engineering, which means that he's going to have a co-op this coming semester. So he's not actually going to be in class uh, for the spring semester of 2023. He's actually going to be working for a, another major company in Louisville, um, making money that way, which will also free up more time for him to play more esports because he won't have that stupid homework and exams and stuff like that <laughs> and getting in the way. We're going to have to do another episode at some future point on parenting tips because it seems like you've done this fairly well. You, you've got one that is self-sustaining. This is the fusion power of childhood. This is, this is the way it's supposed to go. Get well, more out than you put in. I, I've got three kids in college, so I'm 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 one for three right now. <laughs> the other two are are yet to be determined <laughs> what a success they'll turn out to be. <laughs> my father used to say that uh, after I got into the Air Force Academy, and my younger brother was looking at going to colleges, late at night he would sneak into my brother's room while he was sleeping and and whisper in his ear, "Free school, free school." <laughs> Um, all right, any Joey, Rafty, got anything else you want to ask or add? Okay. okay. That was great, Charlie. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you for inviting me. I love talking about Smash. You know, it's my biggest hobby. And so seeing other people interested in it makes me happy. Can we invite could... So go ahead. I think a good question would be if somebody would want to get into Smash, would you think like um, Switch is actually the best platform to do so? I mean, you play currently on the Switch, but you play through through maybe a, like GameCube controller. Like what, what would be the setup like to, to get mm -hmm. into this? Yeah, so, you know, if you have a Switch, if you have, you know, Smash Brothers on it, you can use any controller really, as long as you feel comfortable with it and you feel like you can input how you want to input on it. The world is really your oyster in that respect. Okay, but you would recommend going with the Switch. Don't, like, get the GameCube from the attic or something. <laughs> yeah, with the GameCube version, that's actually mostly run on computers these days. They use emulators to run it. And so if you don't want to buy a whole console, you can just emulate the GameCube one. And that one also has a vibrant scene. I've gone to tournaments for the GameCube version, too. And so that's another way you can try it out if you want to. Awesome. Charlie has a leg up though because we basically have a, a, a museum dedicated to Nintendo hardware in our house because I've been doing Nintendo since I was a kid so we have nothing but Nintendo stuff so all he, he didn't have a choice but to get into into that scene oh you're the terrible Tiger Woods dad forcing the esports on your child <laughs> Charlie's gonna write a book 20 years from now like Agassi did and say oh yeah I had to staple my hairpiece to my head it was terrible uh, all right. Um, Charlie, can we invite you back a year from now and see how you're doing and your progress and check in on you? Would you be willing to come back on the show? Sure. I'm down for it ever. Awesome. Awesome. We wish you the very best of luck. We're going to be following. I'm following you on Twitter. Uh, I'm, we're really eager to hear your progress. Your dad's going to tell us all about your progress, whether we want to hear about it or not. Um, but uh, congratulations. Uh, much more success. Stay in school, you know, finish the degree, uh, you know, so you have something to fall back on. But uh, uh, go big. And, and we have nothing but admiration and accolades for you. Thank you. All right. Uh, until next time, I'm Ben Maliso. I'm Matt Snotty. I'm Rafael Fiedler. And I'm Joey Police. Catch you again next week for another episode of 
the sensuous sounds of InfoSec. Hey there, listener. Matt here. If you like listening to Ben, Robin, Rofty, Joey, or myself, please consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash securitized. Interested in training for CISSP, CCSP, CISM, SSCP, CCSK, boy, that's a lot of letters, or other InfoSec certifications, go to Ben's website for all his training programs at wannabeacissp.com, and that's spelled W-A-N-N-A-B-E-A-C-I-S-S-P.com. We are on Discord. Engage with us by searching for the channel wannabeacissp. Feedback or questions on what we discuss? Send a good old-fashioned email to Ben at benmaliso.com. You may hear a shout-out or your feedback on a future show. We're all working professionals in the InfoSec industry, so feel free to link up with us on LinkedIn. Support Rofty's company and test drive their free firewall software called Portmaster, downloadable at their website, safing.io, spelled S-A-F-I-N-G dot I-O. Support Joey's company, Blue Edge Networks, at blueedgenetworks.com, and listen to Joey's podcast called Topic of Choice at topicofchoice.com. Join us on Reddit at slash r slash ssoi underscore fans. All opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and for entertainment purposes only. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our companies, affiliates, employers, guests, or even each other. No advice given here should be followed without consulting with a professional for any specific InfoSec situation you may experience. If you enjoy this podcast, take a listen to The Topic of Choice with host Joey Police, his sidekick Matt, that's me, and lots of interesting guests. Now in its third season, Joey leads open conversations, reviews, and interviews about all kinds of interesting and exciting topics, often with a pop culture take. It's a fun show released weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.